All right, y'all. So we are checking in. Uh, running a little late, but that's okay. We are here. It's always, always about the thoughts. Always about the thought that counts. Yours truly, Dr. Barry. Thank you for those who will be catching the replay for joining yours truly another live session with yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. This is our weekly live where we just kind of talk about something that comes across my timeline. Uh, and this week, I saw a lot of posts from my uh, fourth year medical students or just students uh, applying to get into residency, saying they, they got their first interview, their interview is set and go, or they they just finished their first interview. And it's wild because this time of the year creeps up so quickly, right? You go from, hey, I got to work on this application to apply for residency to now, hey, I did the application. Now it's time for these respective programs to say, hey, like I like you enough to grant you the interview, right? So we're gonna be talking about that today. So this is going to be, this live is gonna be definitely more for my uh, my medical students in tune. So I apologize, you know, if you're trying to learn something this week, that I promise I will I will, I will double back next week and teach something. Uh, but this is definitely for my medical students for sure. Uh, and just give quick qualifications again, yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, board certified internist. I'm actually a former program director of an internal medicine residency program. I did that for about four years. Yes, four years. Um, almost not right out of residency, but about three years or so out of residency. Um, I was fortunate enough, did well enough on interviews uh, to become a program director, right? And it was an amazing experience. Uh, so I, when I see these types of articles, right, like residency interviews, don't forget to ask these seven questions. I'm always intrigued, right? Because not only was I the resident, like in 20, let's see, 2010, right? 2010, because I was a medical student at the time. So not only was I that student trying to get into residency, but I was also on the other side, the program director deciding like, hey, is this person going to be a good fit for my program, right? Like, so that was definitely something that I, I enjoy because I like seeing both uh, instances and like kind of giving tips and tricks from that standpoint, right? So, like, so I'll let me go over the seven questions that this article um, talked about, right? So as far as questions that you should definitely ask during your uh, residency interview, and I'll, I'll we'll, I'll, I'm a, I'll, I'll be a little judge, right? I'll be a little judgmental to see if it's good or not. Um, so first question he says is what formal and informal learning opportunities can I expect? I think that's a very good question, right? Especially if you're a potential, uh, medical student about to be a resident, you want to kind of know like, Hey, how am I going to learn from this program here? Right? Like, what is this program going to teach me, um, from a formal perspective? Like what is already kind of cooked into your curriculum versus informal? Like what are some opportunities I may have? And that we think about like going to conferences, being sponsored for conferences, because it's one thing to go to a conference, but if the residency will pay for you to go to that conference, that's uh, a definitely plus. So I do like that question there. Does the volume of clinical work support a balance between service and education? Now, this is a question. Now, this is definitely a 2020 and above type question, right? Because this is the question where you're asking about like, hey, what is the work-life balance in your program. Like that's what you're asking, right? Does the volume of clinical work support a balance between service and education? Meaning like if the amount of work you're going to give me, 
Like, is it just like you're giving me a whole bunch of work to do? Or you understand that like, yep, I'm going to be able to learn from the work I'm getting, uh, but also have a balance where like I'm not feeling overwhelmed. Like, and I feel like I'm, especially because like I said, I graduated residency in 2014, right? So I'm, I'm coming into this, like almost like the mid peak where most of my attendings were more old school like attendings where they're like, you know, I had to, you know, see 100 patients, work 100 hours, all of this, blah, blah, blah. You should have to too. Like that's what a lot of my older attendings felt like. But I'm also coming from a, a generation of like, yeah, you know what? Like we see how a lot of y'all older doctors are miserable, depressed, like you guys have to work and you guys take it out on, you know, us, our potential, uh, you know, students or residents. So we're, we're not feeling that, right? Someone's like, what are your residents attending start? Um, so uh, an attending physician is someone who is out of residency. So it just depends on how long your residency is when you declare yourself as the uh, attending. Um, I did internal medicine, so that's three years. So once I was done with my three years, boom. Fourth year, I was the attending uh, physician in the building, meaning I did not have to uh, look up to a senior resident or an attending physician for like permission or what did I want to do. Of course, definitely the scariest time, definitely the scariest time of your life as a physician in general uh, when you get out of residency, but uh, very, very happy well from that standpoint. So I, I like that question. That's a good workaround way to say, hey, what's y'all work-life balance like? And like, do y'all plan on working me crazy or am I going to have time to go home, sleep uh, and, and enjoy what I do? Right. So I do like that question. Uh, next question. What are the basic resident benefits? Right. So this obviously includes the money. Right. And again, uh, I've, I've been on record saying that when I talk about as as a resident physician, just medicine in general, like we should never be scared to talk about money. And it, that conversation has to start when you are a resident. Because you can't work, again, I'm in South Florida, right? So in South Florida, very expensive uh, part of the country. But when I first started, the the wages they were paying, um, you could barely afford to live in the area next to your hospital, right? Like you were paying me a wage where I couldn't even get an apartment next to the hospital. Like that was a problem. So fortunately, we were able to kind of, you know, band together uh, and say, hey, man, look at the cost of living. You guys are being cheap. Let's get a raise. And we got a raise, thankfully, for it. Uh, but it's extremely important, right? Not only is it extremely important to know how much you're getting paid from a salary standpoint, especially because for a lot of us, when you go into residency, it's the first time we've collected a check since medical school, right? Because majority of us, right, there's some, I know there's going to be some outlier who pops up in my comment, but the majority of us do not work during medical school. So it's the first time that we're actually able to collect a check. And that's why the residency interview is so important because we talk about residency, but really it's the job interview, right? It's our first job interview that we've had to be a part of since we did our interview to get into medical school, right? We've never, we hadn't do any, no interview since then. Like, you know, we, we did our crazy interviews, got into medical school, and then boom, now when it's time to get a job, aka get into residency, we had to learn how to uh, interview again, right? And I think that's why you see, especially around this time of the year, so many different articles, hey, what to do during your residency interview, what questions to ask, what you should do after your residency interview, what you should do to try to get a residency interview. You're going to see all of these things kind of uh, happen around this time of year until uh, match day. 
uh, which typically is around like March time frame of 20 March time frame of the year. Right. So for us, our, this next match will be in 2024. Um, but it's the reason why, because, hey, this is our first time looking for a job. And again, it's one of those jobs where like I'm going to be here for maybe three years, maybe four years, maybe for the rest of my life. The reason why I said rest of my life, because a lot of people will actually live where they train. Now, I'm from South Florida, born and raised in South Florida, and I train in South Florida and I have and I'm not leaving South Florida, you know, God willing. Right. Like unless something crazy happens. Right. So it's just some things where a lot of residents will actually stay in the place, uh, not necessarily stay in the hospital, but stay in the city, stay in the county where they train, which is why it's so important uh, to like the place where you do a residency, because it is a possibility that you might be living there for the rest of your life. Right. So I do like that question. Um, again, especially when it comes to basic uh, benefits, compensation, salary, vacation, which may sound wild, uh, but you want to know how many vacation days I get. When can I take my vacation days? Because it's one thing to get right like 14 days of vacation. But if you can only take it during certain months of the year, which typically happens, uh, they, don't, they don't tell you that, but it's just real. Um, they'll give you 14 days and they'll say, or 10 days, usually 10. Yeah. Cause two weeks. Uh, so they'll give you 10 days, but you can only take those 10 days during months where you're like, I'll, I'll, I'll give the example of medicine. You can only take it, uh, during months when you're not doing, uh, internal medicine inside the hospital. Right. So that may knock you down to like out of 12 months of the year. So now you only have three months out of the year that you can actually take your vacation. So extremely important to know when you can take your vacation. Um, you know, does the hospital, even though, uh, especially for my residents, they don't really be thinking about this, but I highly, highly think you should. Um, you know, does the hospital have a 401k? Does it match the 401k? Right. Cause that's, that could be free money. So these are, I think are just important questions that as you as a student, you should be thinking about asking when you say, hey, like, and it's not a bad thing to say, hey, what's what's the money look like uh, to come here, especially if you are interviewing in places that are pretty expensive. Next question, what are a program's strengths and weaknesses? Now, these questions here, eh, the reason why is because you're typically going to get a fluff-like answer, right? You're not going to typically get, especially during the interview, you're not going to get a very truthful answer, especially when we talk about the weaknesses or when they give you their answers for the weaknesses. It's going to be a very generic uh, answer like, oh, you know, we're still working on team building. We're still working on wellness. It's very, very, never nothing specific. Those types of questions, you want to talk to the residents like on the side. Right. You want to talk to like, hey, hey, you know, I just got my interview done. But, oh, by the way, what, what do you what do you like about this program? What do you dislike about this program or at least like about this program? Right. Because typically during your interview, they're not going to give you a good enough answer that will get down to the nitty gritty truth. Like it, and just be honest. Right. You're not going to get the answer that gives you the nitty gritty truth. Of like, oh, this is what's going down. This is the problem I have. Uh, with um, this program usually it doesn't occur uh, in the same way when residents uh, residency programs are asking you like hey what is your strength what is your weakness you're usually not going to say well you know my weakness is that I am a terrible procrastinator like I hate people like you're not going to say things that are going to just make you look bad because you're not dumb right and the program also is not dumb so they're not going to say 
what's really real. So it's, those are the type of questions you're going to ask, but you're not going to get a very truthful answer. And usually we get those types of questions when they're just trying to say like, oh, they just they, they just had a list of questions to ask us. Um, what activities are residents involved in outside the program? I like this question uh, because I want to know like, hey, what are residents, what do y'all residents do when y'all not in the hospital? Like when you are not in the hospital, what are you guys doing? Like, what do you do for fun? What do you do for leisure? Like, are you working? Like, what are you doing when you get away from the hospital? I'm a big proponent of getting away from burnout. I know burnout is significant. And the reason why it's significant, because a lot of times, the especially from a resident perspective, all they do is live and, and breathe the residency, right? Their patients in the residency. All That's all they do. So there's not a big focus on doing stuff outside of the hospital. And I always tell my residents, my medical students, like, you need to find your thing, what you like to do outside of the hospital. Like, it, you can't just, like, be here and be, no, no. What do you like doing outside of this building here that doesn't have nothing to do with medicine. Now, it can have something to do with medicine because if, you know, if you ask me, hey, Barry, what did you like doing during, uh, you know, outside of the med? Usually it has something to do with me being on social media, right? Whether I was doing a podcast, whether I was doing a video. Now, of course, a lot of my conversations and topics usually are medically related. So I'm able, I'm able to kill kind of two birds with one stone. But it was really because I like the aspect of technology and being on social media and I wasn't afraid of it. Uh, so I like that was like my escape from having to be in a hospital for you know, 60 hours a week and, you know, learn, you know, t admitting my thousand patients uh, with CHF and all that. Cause I was like, Oh, get me out of here. I'm for that. Right. So I like that question because it, it, it definitely again, adds to the work life balance. Like how much stress are your residents going through? Like, what do they do when they want to like, like get away from here? Definitely a good question to ask. Usually a better question to ask to the residents on the side, uh, but sometimes your the administrators or whoever's doing the interview can really answer that question as well too. So I like that going. Um, how do the residents in the program get along? Again, great question, great question in theory, but you're going to probably going to get another fluff answer, right? Like, oh man, the residents love each other. They're not going to say, man, my senior residents and my intern residents hate each other. They're not going to say that, right? Like, and could you imagine sitting at, like, imagine me sitting, you, I'm sitting across the table. You ask me that question and I say, oh, well, my, my third year residents hate my interns, like absolutely hate them, right? Like you would be like, oh, I need to run away from this place because you have a whole class of residents who hate a whole nother class, right? So it's usually not an answer you're going to get, you know, fourth willing. So that's, again, one of those questions where you want to kind of pull to the side, right? You want to say, hey, hey, by the way, like, how do y'all get along? What's the what's the camaraderie about? Again, when we ask about like, what do you do outside of the hospital? Do y'all do, do y'all hang out? out of this building or y'all like I'm coming here to clock in and when I leave I want nothing to do with anyone here right that is a true question uh that needs to be asked right so like I said I like you know and this is from the American uh, Medical Association um I like these set of questions they're okay uh but I can give you kind of what especially for my my students who are getting ready getting ready to uh get out into the world and apply and say, hey, like, what would I want to do, right? One question I love asking, especially, like, or I like, that I like being asked to me, 
right, when I was a program director, right, is that I would have students, like, especially the, they would give me, like, scenarios, like, hey, what are the type of patients uh, that I'm, I'm going to be dealing with, right? What is the type of pathology or illness or disease I'm going to be seeing, right? Because one, that made me think, like, oh, not only is this person thinking about our program, but they're already going to the next step, right? They're already saying, like, oh, hey, you know what, not only... Uh, this is the person want to know about our program. They want to know about the patients within our program. What type of diseases that we'll see? What types of things that they should? Because now I'm like, oh, this person wants to prepare. Because if I say we see a whole bunch of CHF and diabetes and heart attacks, guess what? They want to like learn about those diseases to better prepare themselves uh, for a program like this, right? So I like those types of questions as well as a lot of future-based questions. Like when they ask about like, what do they do outside of the hospital? A big thing I like to say is like, from a, if I was an intern, I would like to say, hey, you know what? Um, you know, from an intern perspective, right? Like what are the things interns need to do uh, to better prepare themselves to possibly be chief, right? So now not only has this person saying that they wanna have a great intern year, they're already telling me they wanna be like a chief resident. I'm already sitting back like, whoa, I'm listening, right? Because now I'm, I'm inspired. Now I'm a little bit energized as far as like, what is this person going to do uh, for me in my program here? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, what is this uh, person going to do for me in my program? That's what I want to know. So I think as a, as a resident, and remember, the interview is a two-way street. Right. I think a lot of times, especially when we get the interview, when we say, hey, you know what, this person is OK with interviewing me. We kind of forget that like we've kind of done the hard work. Right. They've looked at a piece of paper. They looked at your grades. They looked at your essays. They looked at all the things that they could look at. And then they still say, you know what, I think this person may be a good fit for our program, but I need to see them in person. So that's what tends to happen with uh, residency interviews is that now the program is saying, hey, on paper, you look good. On paper, you look good, but I need to see if everything else kind of matches because unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of residency spots are lost in the interview. I want you guys to think about that. A lot of residency spots are lost in the interview. So a lot of people are like, if it was up to the program, they would already have your name ready to go. And then they interview you and realize, no, this person is not going to be a good fit for our program. Right. This person, like, let's let's say and let's say I'm in a more of a community based program. Right. Like I don't have, you know, John Hopkins like research happening in my residency program. But I'm listening to a potential resident talk about how they love doing research and they love doing bench work and all this stuff here that I know my program doesn't even have. Guess what? I already know this person is not ranking my program high. Right. They're not going to rank my program high. Why? Why would they? Right. I don't I am not a good fit for them. So not only when you're doing interviews, are you trying to figure out like, hey, like, am I a good candidate for them? You, on the other hand, as, as the resident or future resident need to think, hey, like, is this program a good fit for me? Right. And, and I think that is that is some that is probably the hardest aspect for my uh, potential residents to get four or students and whatnot uh, to really come to grips with that. Like, hey, like the program needs to do just as good a job impressing you as uh, you need to do impressing them. 
Right. Like, so that's that's why some of those questions, like when you say, like, all right, what is your program's weakness? They're not going to tell you. Right. Because, again, they don't want to drop the ball. Right. They want you to say, hey, you know what? This is a program that I can spend the next three plus years on. Right. This is a program where I would love uh, to put my name on the dotted line. Right. So they're going to put their best foot forward. They, they may. Let's be honest. I'll, and I'll be honest. Right. They may sell you some dreams. They may sell you some dreams and say, oh, yeah, we do this, do this, this, this. And that's where as the you know student, you got to make sure you're doing your homework. So I always encourage whenever you are like getting to the point where you're about to like fly or interview somewhere, because I'm not even sure if they're still doing because I know during COVID they were doing a lot of video conferencing interviews, uh, which I'm a big fan of for lots of different reasons. The biggest one is the fact that when they're doing uh, these video conferencing interviews, now you don't have to spend money to go fly over there, book a hotel. You don't have to. That's money that you're saving. Um, so and I so I you know what I think about it, I'm going to have to ask around to see um, our programs doing that combo like they were doing or are they all back to like the old school, like come fly to me, spend all this money and hopefully you like it. Right. Because interview season definitely will separate those who have it, those who don't. Right. Which which is sad to hear because those who have it, they'll fly, you know, across the country trying to get into a spot. Right. But if you can't afford to be flying across the country, you have to be very strategic in even where you're applying to. Right. And by strategic, meaning like I can't apply to as many spots as this other person, because if they give me an interview here, I can't even afford to go to that interview. Which is sad, right? But unfortunately, that's the kind of reality that we live in. I tell people um, medicine uh, continues to be segregated. Like even once you get into the field, right, it's like, all right, how much money you got, how much money you don't got um, will kind of decide, like, are you going to apply for 10 programs versus are you going to apply for 100 programs? There are people who apply for 100. It costs money. There are people who apply for 100 programs uh, because they can afford it. There's people who can only apply for 10 programs and they got to make sure those 10 are really good programs who may say yes to them, who may even uh, present them with an interview. So I'm big on asking about, again, we kind of mentioned kind of future tense, like, hey, when I'm, when I, and like, I would even, again, we'll, we'll get some secrets. Like I will, I, I will even talk as a student and say, hey, so when I'm a resident next year, what are some of the things that I should, like, I talk like that, right? To just really get the program director who's ever interviewed me to say, man, you know what? This person said when they're a resident here, they're not even asking, you know, can like they're already telling me that they're going to be here and what they're going to do when they get here. Love those, uh, you know, that type of bravado, that type of confidence, uh, because it tends to get lost. Right. We have we'll have students with, you know, good board scores and a lot of extracurricular activities. And then you put them in the chair Right. The interview chair and then they're quiet, they're timid, they're not as confident. So you're just looking at a piece of paper of a person who's very, very confident. But then when you look and you're like, oh, this person isn't as confident as I thought. Oh, man, that sucks. Nope, you can't come here. Right. Like, so it's definitely one of those things where we have to, you know, kind of push a pull, kind of go back forth on uh, from that standpoint there. Um, I think even as a, a potential uh, you know, a resident, right? Like when you're doing your interviews, you're trying to be as confident as possible, right? You have to network even while you're there. You're you're talking to residents at different levels, first, second, third, fourth, however high it goes, right? Because you want to get 
like the perspective of a person who's already in that program from different levels. Because the fifth year senior resident may have a different perspective on what the program is and isn't versus what that first year is experiencing. And you want to make sure you have an idea like at, at the like the, the spectrum of like what they feel about the program, like when you get there, right? Extremely important, extremely important. Um, understanding the area, understanding the cost of the area, understanding the money, I think are all great questions. Those are not bad questions, um, especially when you say like salary benefits. That is not a bad question. Even though someone may tell you like, oh, you can just Google it. No, you can't. A lot of these places uh, do not have that advertised. So it's definitely important. And again, when you start asking about salary and money is just because you want to know like, hey, you know what? I'm really interested in this place here. I just want to make sure financially it's a good fit uh, for me as well. All right, let me see. You want to set up a stage for interview and play your role and read your lines. Let's say for interview, if you play, got to step on the stage for an interview and play your role and read your lines. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's extremely important um, because it's, it's, I see so many uh, timid residents or future residents, I keep calling residents, but like, let's say students, right? So many timid students that are just nervous, extremely nervous because they understand this is a job interview. This is what they wanted to do for, you know, let's say, let's say it's OB. I want to do this all my life, right? So they get, they get very scared and concerned about saying the wrong thing, um, especially if they're fourth year, right? They've been going on this pace where like everything's had to be perfect and now you're up for the job and you, you don't want to say something wrong that may mess up the job. Uh, so you're like very timid. You're, you're not really answering questions confidently. Um, I'll tell you what we used to do. We would have a chair, right? And this is just a mind. Uh, I'm in fraternity, right? So I'm, I'm used to more mind game uh, type tricks, right? So we would have a chair that like, I, like I'm in a chair now that spins, right? So like you'd ha we'd be in because we used to interview by like group committee. So you'd come into the room and it'd be like four people waiting for you. Um, and the chair that you're sitting in does the spinning thing, right? And we want to see just how comfortable you are during the interview because a person who's very nervous, guess what they're going to do, right? They're going to be, they're going to be twisting. They're going to be turning. They're, gonna be, they're not going to be able to stay still, look directly at you, right? But the person like who's confident, they can, they'll, they'll sit right here. They'll be sitting here all day, focused. Like these are just the little things that we're looking at to see like, all right, like, like, is this person going to be a good fit? Uh, for a program that we have, right? So just these little small things uh, that I think adds to it. Uh, but I think found from a foundation standpoint, right? It's about being confident in who you are, recognizing, hey, they want to interview me, which means I'm at least good enough on paper to be here. And then reiterating the fact that, hey, like I want to be at your program next year. These are the reasons why I want to beat your program next year. Like, how are we going to make this happen, right? So I think it's extremely, extremely, extremely beneficial for my students across the country to really start thinking about, like, your, some questions, but more, and not those, like, superficial questions, right? Start really deep diving into some questions to really try to get a good introspective uh, of the program that makes those who are interviewing you have to like, oh, that's a very good question. I didn't even think about that. Like, and then so because that makes them have to go to work, right? Because they see those fluff questions a hundred times a day, right? Like, I'm pretty sure if you Googled, um, you know, questions to ask during residency, it's going to be the, probably like the same 10 to 15. And the same 10 to 15 
your people who are interviewing you will have probably heard a hundred times, 200 times, 300 times. When we were at, because um, I trained at, well, I was a program director at Wellington. We would interview, let me see, 400 applicants. So we probably would interview about 100 and 150 people for about six spots, right? So I can, you can imagine like how often I heard some of the same, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And those same kind of fluff questions uh, that I was like, eh, you know, I, I've heard this before. Uh, but what what else uh, do you want to tell me? And then I would always, I would always end my interviews with this question, right? I would say, okay, because uh, we had six spots. So I say, all right, if you are one of the six residents that we choose for uh, next year, uh, tell me what's the first thing you're going to do the first time you get here, right? So now I've already put the, now I put you in the driver's seat. I've already said, hey, I'm choosing you to be in one of these special spots next year. And guess what? Now we're fast forwarding to month one. What are you doing to stand out from month one, right? Like, so now, like, there, and most, most of the time, those who are ready, those who are ready for it, they like, like, they, they hit it out the park. And those who don't hit it out the park is because they're so used to kind of fluff related questions that that one kind of knocks them down and they have to think about it a little bit, right? So, like, we want to be very, very um, in-depth with some of our questions. We want to know about the program. We want to know about the people who are going to be training us. We want to know about the patients. We want to know about the money. Uh, we want to know how the residents are. Uh, we just have to understand, like, all right, who can I ask those questions and who can I not? Right. Very good. Very good. Right. So, again, uh, like I said, we just want to, I just want to do is an impromptu one because I saw so many um, uh, inter interview posts, interview posts on Twitter. Uh, so I said, oh, you know, let's talk about residency interview because we haven't done so uh, this year. And I may go more in depth on the podcast. Uh, for those who may know, I do have, I will record this video and put it on my YouTube page. It'll be up there tomorrow um, and it'll be on the podcast, but I'll probably do um, maybe a series of episodes on good interview questions um, and even flip it on both sides. Like when you're the interviewee, what are questions you should expect when you interviewer? Like what are questions you should be asking? Right. Like so I may do something in that regards uh, over the next month or so, um, you know, during kind of residency interview season. Right. So y'all be blessed. Like y'all have a great evening. It's Thursday evening. Um, like I said, man, I appreciate y'all joining. Make sure you like, make sure you, you, you share, uh, make sure you follow, follow me. Um, cause, uh, we do this every Thursday, every Thursday we go live. We ask, we, 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 we either talk about some topic that comes across my social media feed or, you know, I I'm talking about someone, right? So y'all be blessed. Y'all have a good one. Bye.